The adoption of English-speaking talkies posed a real problem for the Latin American markets, which wanted to hear talking films spoken in their own language. Dubbing was still not an efficient and known commodity, and those studios that had the biggest interest in that market turned to doing secondary productions of their major films in Spanish versions for that market. Dracula was one of these pictures. The Spanish version of Dracula, directed by George Melford, was produced by Paul Conner, an ambitious young protege of my uncle. His overall enthusiasm for the film may have had something to do with his feelings for his leading lady, the beautiful Mexican ingenue Lupita Tovar. So the cast for the English version would come in the morning, at started shooting at 8 o'clock, and the Spanish cast will come in the evening. We shot all night long till next morning because we use exactly the same, the same sets. Apparently what happened was that the uh, initial crew, Rowling's crew, would shoot these sequences. Um, the, the second crew, the Spanish crew, would look at them and say to themselves, we can do better than that. And they would go and they would do better. Well, I don't think anybody's going to give any acting awards to Carlos Villarías. But overall, the Spanish film is a real delight for film buffs because it's kind of like discovering all these fascinating new rooms in a familiar old house. And it's full of these wonderful optical effects and visuals that really seem ahead of their time. What we do see in the Spanish version is, among other things, a, a much more artistic, a much more innovative use of camera movement in those early talkies, and that's not what we get in the Lugosi version at all. The, the camera movements are far more fluid, there's far more of them. It's, it's a more lively film to watch unfold before your eyes than the Lugosi film. One only wishes that Lugosi had been directed uh, in, a, in like fashion as the Spanish version. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, sleazy, truly regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing to my mind enduring, decent or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. <laughs> I would like to see somebody do a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world would be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hawks and Matt. Good evening and hello. Welcome to Cinema Psyops. I am your new host, Dracula, for I have murdered court and now have taken over. My old personal Renfield joining me live via the Interocitor this week is Matt. How are you, my minion? I'm sober. 
<laughs> I can't keep that, that up for sucks. very long. I can't keep no, that up. No, you couldn't. <laughs> oh, master. <laughs> by the way, by the way, way to play that uh, whole little documentary piece. Uh, we could just go the fuck home. Right? Uh, that's about everything I had. That, that was your only time. Congratulations. Yeah. That is everything. That was everything I had I was going to speak about. And you just fucked me. <laughs> you buried the lead right at the start of the show. <laughs> I had to dig it up so that I could place a new coffin there with the no. lead. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> does, does that have to be Pennsylvania dirt for you to sleep in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that native soil thing necessarily applies, but... Uh... Yeah, because I mean, maybe it's just American soil. You know, it just dep- it, you know, depends on what your native is, you know? Well, are you more of a states' rights person or are you more of a nationalist, I guess? <laughs> when it comes to your soil. I don't fucking know, man. Now we're getting into realms of just offending somebody. <laughs> yeah, probably. I haven't gotten to say this since uh, we, we've been off for a bit. Uh, you know, not to break you know the the window of thought here, but I love the new theme song. <laughs> yeah, I created that. We recorded a bunch of shows without any of the music, and we actually did a few shows without anything, which made it very bizarre to not have the clips to play to react to, and we had to kind of fake our way through it. And it was like two or three of the last few shows that we had to do that where it was you and I recording together and then yeah. one of which was the the one we did with Witch for the Mad Max show where we just kind of churned and burned that one through and that's partially yeah. because I went to Florida for a wedding and to go to Disney World to celebrate my fifth wedding anniversary with my wonderful wife and I went this last week <laughs> right before Irma was scheduled to hit <laughs> uh, yeah I'm really happy you didn't bitch out on us that's nice um, anyway <laughs> I'm done <laughs> Uh, you know, kept abreast of your situation. It, uh, um, it, I was surprised that uh, earlier in the week you had also made a trip to Houston. So uh, <laughs> just stop visiting places because you're fucking everything up. No, no. I actually, the flight went to Dallas, Fort Worth. I'm just saying, man, uh, you know, you're ending places as quick as you visit them. Yeah, it's like I'm an American president from the modern age or some shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that the truth. Yeah, but we were down there for, you know, celebrating our, our five-year wedding anniversary. And a friend of my wife's from college, um, probably one of her closer friends from college, uh, was getting married. So we wanted to be there for that. And so we decided to try and jam-pack as many park days in as we could. And uh, halfway through the vacation, we had to kind of figure out how the hell to get out of Florida. You know, uh, that's funny. Um, almost everyone uh, in their life at some point in time tries to figure out like hell on how to get out of Florida. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone has that. Don't worry. It wasn't just you, pal. We have plenty of listeners and friends and fellow podcasters who are from Florida. So I would like to apologize on behalf of the show <laughs> to all of them for Matt's bellicosity. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I hope all of them are all right. Yeah. Um, everybody that I keep in close contact with through Facebook so far has checked in or I have seen posts since the storm has passed um, all of Florida. So everybody that care about is okay. They may be without power. A few of them have reported that their houses were undamaged from the storm or had suffered only minor damage. So I'm really happy to know that everybody's okay. And in case anybody's wondering, we the bride and the groom were still down there when the storm hit and they made it out just fine. Awesome. Awesome. 
Yeah. And so we don't have any podcasters doing trying to do a podcast in like waist deep water because yeah. guys, you can you can skip a week if you want. <laughs> you know, I almost had to delay the release of our show by a day because I got home later than I was expecting. The Mad Max show, I edited all on Sunday. Like that was my Sunday was editing all of that show from start to finish, including the little sketch at the beginning. And you know, I applaud your drive and your commitment. <laughs> but, you know, if you'd have taken the day, I don't think anybody would have been mad at you. Yeah, but I have this, like, unquiet, yelling voice in the back of my head to do things uh, that sounds an awfully like lot like Henry Rollins, and I have to obey it. <laughs> uh, and I it, get that. Yeah, it just, it was something that I just, I had to get it out, I had to get it done. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter that my flight got canceled and I spent 14 plus hours on the road from Orlando to Atlanta to try and catch a flight out. It doesn't matter that I was stuck in evacuation traffic, you know? No. I, I, I got home Saturday, I got some what rested up with like having basically 30 hours without any sleep you know maybe like three hours worth of sleep max within the last 30 hours from that drive and my story what happened to me is nothing compared to what is going on for everybody else because i don't have a home there i don't have so much more things that i need to worry about i just needed to get out and get us to a place that would be able to fly so that we could get home about the same time that we were planning you know and and we had an extra day added to our trip and then an extra hotel room and our flight got canceled. So we have added costs to rebook flights and the decision to fly to or to drive to Atlanta to be able to fly out was partially because of the price gouging and partially because you couldn't find any flights anywhere <laughs> when you were in Orlando. Yeah. It was either hunker down or drive the fuck away. That was all you had. That was your only option. Oof. And it truly shows you sometimes how fucked we could be if something nationally happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Romero had it right. Everything that he always shows in his films where society starts to crumble under just the slightest little problem. Well, you know, in most cases, it's the zombies coming back from the dead, but... (laughs) I don't know if that's slight. (laughs) Yeah, but the way that humanity is so unprepared for these kind of things, and they were prepared. They were trying to get people evacuated. They were trying to get stuff done, but... Well, and it's not like Florida doesn't know how to handle hurricanes. I mean, this isn't their first ride on one, you know? No, they get hit more than any other state in america so it exactly i mean so that's your most prepared state that had warning of something that they've handled before coming and it's still the traffic to get out and all that and oh i mean just anything else and if it's something that you you couldn't well enough you know you know plan in advance like a hurricane coming we could be in a lot of trouble. Well, there were some people like I, I encountered somebody when we stopped just, uh, you know, I, I had it the best of probably anybody on the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we had a rented car. You, you weren't leaving your you weren't leaving your home. No, that you might never see again. Right. And I mean, I had a full tank of gas. I knew I had enough gas to get me there, but I was just a little bit worried that we might not have enough. But I knew I had more than yeah. enough to at least get me most of the way to Atlanta. Uh, we stopped a few times whenever traffic let up just because you're on the road for 14 hours, you're going to have to eat, you're going to have to go to the bathroom, that kind of stuff. And one, yeah. of the, one of the places I stopped, this guy had to change a tire in the middle of the highway. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> with people driving oh. with people driving on the berms because they open up the shoulders on both sides of the highway in this kind of situation and just let people go. And yeah. and the guy got a tire change, but then he had to, you know, he got the donut on, but then he had to get the tire patched and then get the tire filled with air. And he's at a gas station that's charging 25 cents to run the air machine. And he's literally just trying to buy something just so he can fill up a tire, just so he can keep back on the road. <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus. I gave him every quarter I had in my pocket, and then I gave him every quarter I got back in the change when I was buying energy drinks to keep me awake on the road. So, awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, it was the least I could All do. All you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally the very least. that. Well, the very least I could do is offer him thoughts and prayers, but instead I gave him what he needed, which was quarters. He had plenty of money for the trip. Instead, you produced something? <laughs> yeah, instead of saying... Thoughts and prayers, but sir, I, I see you have like two bucks, two bucks worth of quarters there, sir. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, sir. <laughs> but yeah, I, I made it out. The wife made it out. We we took care of each other. We got like three hours. Well, worth I, of I, I hoped you. I would have hoped you brought her with. I mean, that's the chivalrous thing to do. <laughs> it well, is your anniversary. Yeah. No, my main drive, I seriously, like, I was like, I'm getting her out. That's all I kept saying to myself. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't even in the equation. It was like, protect the woman I love. Protect the person that means the most to me in the world. And incidentally, that means take care of yourself. Court, I was already here. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> you know, on the, you don't really want to know where you are on the hierarchy of people <laughs> I care about, do you? I already, dude, you don't want to know where I, where I am at on the hierarchy of myself <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're right below that skunk can of beer you found underneath the dresser last week hey don't you talk about skunky like that oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well we're gonna play a, a little bit of uh something different for this remedial horror episode that we're gonna do we're doing a remedial horror 101 so that means you got to do all the notes yes uh, one of our listeners actually suggested we do spanish dracula from 1931 or the spanish language version that universal had shot and since you had not seen the original dracula or the dracula shot at the same time with Bella Lugosi, I was like, well, let's record them about them both and let's uh, let's talk about them and kind of compare and tr- contrast them as films. So this is either going to be a really great episode or it's going to be a clusterfuck of a mess because I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about this one. So <laughs> <laughs> You don't like when that responsibility falls on your shoulders. And Well, and it's not even the responsibility. That's fine. Like now doing regular notes for movies, I'm, I'm like a lot more confident with. But now this is different. This isn't just doing a note for a movie now you're doing like comparisons you know bringing up subjects all that kind of stuff so it's it that was mind-numbingly about trying to get that set up you know that, that that's it i'm sure if i ever get to do this again uh you know it'll be a little bit easier every time but it's always the first time sucks. <laughs> All right. There are two pieces of feedback for our two year celebration. One that came in after we recorded the show and then one that I overlooked and I missed. So we'll be taking care of that later on in the show as well. So if you send something in and you haven't heard it played on the show or you send in an email and I didn't read it on the show, that's why, because we recorded that way in advance. And uh, the person that sent me in the voicemail sent it in in plenty of time. I'm just a jackass and I forgot that they sent it to me. <laughs> you dick. Yeah. Yeah. And when you realize who the person is that sent in the voicemail, it's going to make it that much funnier because they've already suffered for the show for us. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But we're not uh, there yet. I, I kind of have an idea now, but all right. Yeah, we're not there yet. I'm, I'm just going to let that out there and people can make their guesses. Why don't we go ahead all and right. uh, take a little break here? We'll play a promo for another podcast. We'll have a little bit of music from the 1931 Dracula. And when we come back, we will have the trailer from the English language version because I could not find one for the Spanish version. And that's we'll just have to do, I suppose. All right. Here we go. We let things pile up in the DVR, we add them to our queues, we wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays, we time shift. The Time Shifters podcast, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com.
kind of interesting that they use Swan Lake <laughs> for both. I know, right? For both this and the Mummy for Universal Films. A uh, little interesting reason why they actually had a hard time doing scoring for films because filmmaking was still very new and then adding sound i mean this is some of the first talkies in the 30s that they ever did so scoring a film it took a few years before they were able to actually do a proper score to a film so they usually just added music like at the beginning like they did here with dracula with the swan lake suite that they added in that's amazing <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting that they did that i, I like that um but yeah not to not to get too up my own ass about how i, I just love this is all about talkies man this is gonna be amazing <laughs> yeah, we know how much you love your talkies. <laughs> I do. I you love know, to be a talkie. You know what I love, though? What's that? This trailer. Blood. I am Dracula. A moment ago, I stumbled upon a most amazing phenomenon. Something so incredible, I mistrust my own judgment. Look. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Rat, 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 thousands, millions of them. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you, dearie? Tell he, me. He came to me. He opened a thing in his arms and he made me drink. Proof once again that even in those early days, trailers fucking spoiled everything in films. They really did, yep, yeah, even back then. All right, so anyway, I'll start this out. First difference you notice is in the actual uh, character sequence. Uh, one of the things, uh, a few of the names, like Lucy uh, in the American version, the Spanish version, Lucia. Uh, Nina in the American version is Ava. And John Harker is Juan Harker in the Spanish version. So that was always that was a little interesting to see. Like They even changed a few of the names. And the ladies of the Spanish version are dressed much more risque, even right from the start, which yes, I enjoy are. so much more. Me too. I'm There's for nipples it. peeking through diaphanous gowns aplenty in this, and I'm loving it. Oh my God, they do not care over there. It's just, <laughs> no, it's just no, great. That's, that's the funny thing was, it was shot in America. It was shot with American money, but because they knew they were playing to a Latin audience, they could get away yeah. with this shit. <laughs> oh, oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Because yeah, it, 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 they're even still going to London. So it's not like they'd even change that, you know, in, in film. Yeah. They still stuck with even the locations. Yeah. They just changed a few of the names. And I think they may have changed the names too, just because it probably would have played that way. Way. I mean, Lucy and Lucia, Ava and, yeah, yeah. and Mina, it probably makes I don't, Now, Mina sense. and Ava, I don't know. That's a major change. Like John and then Juan, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> that, that might just be how it is. <laughs> yeah. The only person that remains the same is Dracula. Like his name is still the Hungarian sort of. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's still Dracula. Yeah. The uh, anyway, both movies, they start in the same carriage uh, going through the mountains. Uh, and in fact, it leads us to our first clip. I say, driver, a bit slower. Mm, mm. You must 
reach the inn before sundown. And I say? It is Valpurgis night, the night of evil. Nosferatu. On this night, madame, the doors here are barred. And to the virgin, we pray. Do you recognize the name Walpurgis Night? Or do you recognize that term or what that is? No. Okay. That is sort of like a version of Halloween, uh, if you will, but it's more of, uh, I can't remember when it takes place. I think it's in April, but it's another one of those sort of nights of evil where you would have like a Sabbath or whatever. It's sort of like a winter solstice would be for like around the Christmas time in the pagan tradition. Well, Walpurgis is really huge for that kind of thing. Like I said, I don't know enough about the occult just from what I've seen in movies and everything, so I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but Walpurgis is sort of like the spring version of, of Halloween where the spirits come out and the dead can walk and all of that as well. And it's very big in Europe, particularly Eastern Europe, I believe. Oh, wow. There you go. That's something. I may have got that all completely fucking wrong, and I'm sure that our, our very astute and very well-educated listeners will let me know if I did. I bet you didn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, really, the only difference here is, once again, it's just like, uh, but everything, uh, once again, what they said in the documentary, but something I discovered while you know investigating it before the documentary, is that pretty much they just used the same sets, the same clothes, the same everything, and just made a movie with uh, actors speaking a different language to apply to that audience. The thing that's really interesting, though, particularly in this scene, you start to see some of the changes. There is a young lady who's still kind of nerdy, but you have a very Latin sense of humor and an idea of humor yeah. in the Spanish version where she doesn't get tossed just once. She gets tossed three times, and she's not, yes. she's not tossed into like some guy that she's traveling with lap. She gets tossed yeah. into that their Renfield in a very suggestive manner, like two or three yes. times. Yes, and like I said, they're in two two different positions as well. Yeah, and when she falls on the guy, I mean, she's like, the first time her head's practically in his lap, and then the next yeah. time she's practically straddling him or sitting on his lap. Hey, they're, they're, built, they're a bit more, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit more free. <laughs> yeah, got some more freedom there. Yeah. Well, I think also, too, the, uh, was it Melford, I think was the guy's? Yeah, Melford. George Melford, the director, he didn't yeah. have as much money to do the Spanish language version, and they did watch what the English language version with Browning and his crew were doing and they weren't just trying to one-up them with all the shots and everything that they were doing i think they also were like oh come on if you're gonna do the shot you know you're gonna do that gag where she falls let's do it two or three times let's just everything seems cranked up in yeah. this version yeah like they well they wanted to be a little uh more a little different with staying to the trueness of the script i would suppose it's very close in the script there's very few things that they've actually changed very listen there's very few differences in these two too. However, there are some scenes in the uh, uh, American version there that one scene at least that's wholly missing from the Spanish one. But we'll we'll get to all that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, as I said, same scene here. What we just heard in there, it's played out in both movies, and then we come to a small village. Uh, where and this is another just one of those things that I was just amazed at. Like even the women are like there's still a woman who's praying. There's a baby in the middle of the room. It's like a small village, a small Hungarian village. And 
um, you see the lady, they, they have her. I mean, you could superimpose both these scenes together and they would match up perfectly. That's because it's the exact same shot. I think that was shot by a second unit. It, oh, there's, okay. There's a couple of shots where they used alternate takes from the uh, original the shoot. Same, they, oh, because yeah. I was just like, oh my God. God, just it's dead on. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it was it was dead on because it's the exact same shot. I think that those shots of the people praying and what I'm assuming might be like a Transylvania yeah, in the, in the house. Yeah, and the baby yeah. that's holding the wolf's bane and stuff. That's the exact same yes. shot. It's it might be another take of that shot, but it's the exact same shot. And I believe that might have been I, a second unit shot that did that because that's that's not the sort of thing that a regular director would really worry about in this time frame. That was something that you would cast on your second unit. I didn't even think it was something they worried about. It's just you know. Hey, it's just how these things are set. You know, it's just how they're supposed to be in the script. Well, if you have less um, money, why bother shooting something, especially if you can get access to that same footage that somebody already shot on the dime? You just print it twice. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the carriage comes in and uh, Reinfeld... <laughs> Reinfeld, as they start trying to take the bags off, Reinfeld... <laughs> is insisting to keep uh, his bags up and he has a convo with one of the townspeople. Wait, wait, what are you saying his name is? Uh, I'm saying it, Rhinefield. It's Renfield. 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 Rhine. <laughs> Rhinefield. Footage. <laughs> Footage. Footage. <laughs> Throughout my entire notes, I just take out the last and I just call it, start calling him Rhine. <laughs> it's Renfield, dude. It's Ren. I just start calling him Ren from now on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I have it. After after I call after I spell it out uh, Renfield in all my notes, I just go with Ren throughout the rest of it, just shorthand it. I'm gonna do something this year that I'm gonna just start doing. Whenever one of us messes up, I'm gonna put in like a fail song, whether it's the <laughs> the death knell from Mario that I've already used or something else, just to just to accent how we fucked up. <laughs> can we can we use the prices right one? Is that possible? Uh, if I can find it, I'll use it eventually. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Anyway, uh, Rayfield uh, has a conversation with one of the village men in our next clip. The driver, he is afraid while Porky night. <laughs> Good fellow, he is. He wants me to ask if you can wait and go on after sunrise. Well, I'm sorry, but there's a carriage meeting me at Borgo Pass at midnight. Borgo Pass? Yes. Who's carriage? Count Dracula. Castle Dracula? Yes, that's where I'm going. To the castle? Yes. No. You mustn't go there. We people of the mountains believe that the castle there are vampires. Dracula and his wives, they take the form of wolves. They leave their coffins at night, and they feed on the blood of the living. But that's all superstition. Why, I, I can't understand why... Look, the sun. When it is gone, they leave their coffins. We must go indoors. But wait... I mean, just a minute, I... What I'm trying to say is that I'm not afraid. I've explained to the driver that it's a matter of business with me. I've got to go, really. Well, good night. 
Wait, please. If you must go, for your mother's sake, it will protect you. A lot of good it did him, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, at this point, we see Ryan... He leaves the village. He's in, back in the uh, carriage. And at that point, um, it, it, this is where another difference is. Almost like how you said, they always show the same joke or like they maybe up the joke. There's uh, you see more of uh, uh, Ren in the uh, in the carriage actually being bounced around in the Spanish version where you don't see that in the American version. Like I said, I think they kind of amped up the comedy, but I also get the feeling, too, that um, Dwight Fry's Renfield gets one very ominous, very serious warning at the start, which he shrugs off as no big yeah. deal whereas in the spanish version this guy's getting signs left and right and he pretty much deserves what he gets in the spanish version because he completely ignores yeah. all this crazy shit that's happening and also when he's being like drug around the whole time it's almost maybe supposed to build some more uh, uh pressure maybe like, like oh my god he's getting really freaked out you know because the the ride's even rougher now because the 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 guy doesn't want to slow down at all, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it could be played that way where you have the comedic relief, but also you realize, yeah. I mean, I, I feel that in the Spanish version, the villagers are sold a little bit better that they're terrified than possibly in the English language version. The English language version feels very rushed to me. If we want to kind of compare the two pretty close, I think the Spanish version is taking its time and is trying to give you some background and some character development <laughs> and do some interesting things, which the English language version is just like, hurry up and get the shit done <laughs> it's what it feels like I, I i i get that feeling too okay uh well then we see uh a uh, coffin opening and we see dracula and our women of the night start coming out of their uh their crypts if you will did you notice uh, the wasp that comes out of his own little tiny collectible coffin yes i saw that <laughs> it was like it wasn't like a beetle too that came out and all that kind of crap and well, they also in both versions they have the wasp but in this in the spanish version the wasp is already out and around it's like they used an outtake yeah. to cut away yeah. to and then uh in the american or, or the english language version you actually see a possum crawling around on the the grave somewhere and yeah. uh, in the spanish language version you see that same possum but you see where he falls off the casket so yeah again it's either an outtake or they like they saw that and went that's hilarious let's use it <laughs> <laughs> um ren is then uh picked up by uh a very creepy looking driver who uh, does not speak and just has wide eyes. Which is clearly um, Dracula in both films. They didn't even bother yes. covering it up that well. No, they did not. It's clearly just Dracula in both of them. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, th we have a bit more sound effects as well in the Spanish version. The, the sound effects were a bit more pronounced in the Spanish version, like doors opening, uh, sounds of the four, all that kind of stuff. I thought the sounds were a little bit more pronounced in the Spanish version. I didn't notice that, but I'll take your word for it. It probably could have been that the mics were a little hotter in that version than what they were. A, a lot of the sound could is be. recorded live, and I don't think they did a lot of foleying in those days. Uh, oh, okay. Post you know, post kind of thing. I think it was just, I mean, even like the, the, the obvious creepy, like creaky doors opening. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they obviously made those sounds, but well, yeah, who knows? And they took time to do some optical effects and some other various things that they kind of beefed up Dracula appearing out of coffins and stuff in the Spanish version. In <laughs> in the English language version, a coffin opens up and then all of a sudden Dracula standing there and the camera zooms in on him. in the Spanish, yeah, exactly. in the Spanish language version, it zooms in, it, 
it kind of fishes around a little bit in the crypt, cuts back and forth to show you a couple of things, and then a light and smoke appear, and then all of a sudden Dracula's standing there, which yeah. which is so much better. I wish they would have done that with the Bela Lugosi version. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, it is. Um, while, uh, uh, while Ren's being, uh, driven up, he, in both versions, they look out and they see a bat flying like above the horses and they're both freaked out. Um, when they come up and they both get out of in both versions, they get out when Ren gets out of the carriage, there is no driver anymore. Um, Ren enters the castle and in the Spanish version, version, you see the bat flying around again. And the American version, all you do, he's Ren's just kind of looking around and we see Dracula at the top of the stairs. Whereas the bat in the Spanish version actually leads you to the top of the stairs where Dracula all of a sudden appears. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And with Dracula at the top of the stairs, this leads us to our next clip. I am Dracula. Oh, it's really good to see you. I don't know what happened to the driver and my luggage and... Well, and with all this, I I thought I was in the wrong place. I bid you welcome. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. So anyway, one of the, there's one of those classic lines uh, that you always hear. And it's parodied. Yeah. Yeah, parodied all over the place. Yeah. It's hard um, to watch a Dracula movie in any way, shape, or form and not see Dead and Loving It now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Children of the night. Um... Anyway, uh, he, uh, Ren has to go follow Drac up the stairs, and there's just a massive spider web that uh, he has cut through. I just, I gotta say it, man. You shortening Dracula to Drac and Renfield yeah. to Ren is just driving my OCD up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I don't know. I kind of like doing that now. <laughs> of course you do. I, I let it go like for the last twelve times, but then when you said Drac, I'm like, okay. <laughs> How about this? Shorten Ren. I'll I'll start saying Dracula. That should make you feel. Or can I, I, I refer to as? Ca- I would prefer you say Renfield and shorten Dracula. <laughs> Renfield. <Yeah>. God damn. <laughs> and, uh, Ren the man is important to you. Dwight um, Fry is the king of this movie. Everybody loves Bella Lugosi. I have a huge heart on for Dwight Fry. He's amazing. Creepiest motherfucker ever. Yeah. It is awesome what he does in this movie. Yeah, Dwight Fry is the unsung hero of horror films in the early 30s. Suck that asshole a little bit. <laughs> no, he's great. He's fucking amazing. And he's awesome as uh, the Fritz assistant in uh, the original Frankenstein that Universal did as well. He's yes. just incredible. He's such a great fucking actor. He's in the voice when he says master. It's, uh, I mean, that's an iconic way of saying master, you know? Yeah, he's been imitated forever, ever since then. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, anyway, he we see a giant spider flies up, and uh, we get our first little bit of foreshadowing when he says, you know, uh, when Dracula states that, uh, you know, the unknowing fly uh, wanders into the web, you know, and it's just like, is no one picking this up yet? Can we slap you across the face with it a little bit more? Yeah, Dracula's creep factor is up to the point where just about any normal person would turn and try and run the other direction, but, but not Renfield. Not Renfield. <laughs> 
Renfield is a good job, do motherfucker. Yeah, he's he's a businessman to a fault. He doesn't care if he's going to die so long as he gets the business done proper. Yeah, right. Get that cash money. <laughs> but I guess it's better him not worrying. Like if he dies, as long as the business is done. Unlike our president, who just wants the business done no matter who else dies. Oh, there was a message you just slipped in there. Right. Damn. Anyway, um, toxic fear mongering grief sniffer. Exactly. Thank you. Orange fuck stain. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Shit pipe. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All those things. All of the above. There you go. Um. Anyway, uh, uh, Renfield. There you go. Renfield sits down to eat. <laughs> I love how you feel so accomplished that you said his name proper. Not proper. I just said a full name too. Just for you. That was for you, Court. A little something for you. Well, thanks. Um. Uh. They explained that Dracula asked if he has uh kept it a secret that he's there, and he said, "Yep, I've you know I followed your explicit instructions." <laughs> Does anyone? know you're here does anyone know you've been anywhere near me does anyone know that you've spoken with me if i were no, to sir. if i were to kill you right now would anyone have any idea how you disappeared sir no one would even miss me i even smothered my family like you asked <laughs> seriously anything for business with this guy with renfield man he just doesn't care he really doesn't he's like yep i totally left and went to a different country without telling a single goddamn soul yeah i've already pretty much taken care of all the paperwork to make it look like a committed suicide but i don't know why you need me to do that that's a little odd well and uh, also i changed my life insurance uh account to uh make you my sole beneficiary so i don't know why you made me do that but you anything got that going for, for you <laughs> anything <laughs> for the sale exactly <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> Anyway, um, apparently they're there for um, uh, Dracula to buy a property in London. Um, Carfax Abbey. Start, yeah, right. They start doing all the paperwork. And um, this is kind of weird. Uh, this is one of those few scenes that's kind of flipped and reversed from the Spanish version. Uh, but in, in the American version, uh, right now they go through and he explains, you know, uh, Renfield asks if he hopes he has enough tags for all his luggage. And Dracula says he's only taken three uh, boxes. Uh, so they chartered a ship to leave for England the next night. Um, then uh, 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 Renfield, he goes ahead, he cuts himself, and that, of course, gets Dracula's attention. Now, here we go. In the Spanish version, the cutting himself and all this takes place before the paperwork. Um, there's a lot more blood in the Spanish version, too. Yes, and it's a lot more believable that he could cut himself while foolishly hacking away at a big old loaf of bread than exactly on a than fucking paperclip. I mean, come on. Exactly. Um, this, of course, gets Dracula's attention both times as they are um, covering, uh, you know, trying to keep their blood going. Right as they're about to be attacked, uh, their crosses fall out and, you know, repels uh, Dracula. Uh, There's nothing um, more repugnant than seeing a cross right before you're about to puncture someone. <laughs> really? <laughs> Even for you? I thought that might get, yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> end revved a little bit more. I just wanted to make the sex joke, you know. <laughs> All right, I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, anyway, um, then Dracula offers uh, Renfield some very old wine. 
And he's drinking it, and he goes, well, aren't you going to have any? And there comes the joke, I do not drink wine. <laughs> I never <laughs> drink a wine. Yeah, that's a that's a classic, and Bella had to perform that like on call uh, all the time for people. Uh, and they did it in both movies. That's a bit. <laughs> um, well, you, you get the feeling, too, that that wine is something that he's been saving for a very long time. And when he says it's a very old wine, it's probably from back before he was even a vampire himself. Yes. <laughs> and um, there's there's another difference, too, that we're about to kind of get to here. But uh, the Renfield in the Spanish version gets locked away and then gets attacked. You get the feeling that Dwight, Fr- or the, actually, he starts acting like he gets drugged. You get the feeling that Dwight Fry's version was just locked in there and then he gets attacked. No, he also feels drugged because he starts like fanning himself. So they both act this in the Spanish version. He acts way more drugged. Well, yeah, they're, than, they amp it up quite a bit. They're very overzealous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the American version, Ryan Field is also feeling some effect from the uh, from the wine that's uh, given to him. Uh, also, another thing I noticed is the room was more well lit. I, I don't know if they uh, the more well lit in the Spanish version, like you saw more. Um, well, that uh, has to go with we we had it at the beginning there too. I believe that they saw how it was lit in Todd Browning's version, and they decided, well, we've got this glorious set, let's use it more. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. There's a lot of workman approach to what Todd Browning does, and there's another scene that we'll get to. Uh, later on in the film that really kind of proves that but this seems like it was at least for Todd Browning Dracula was like let's just shoot this fucker (laughs) it's what what his attitude was whereas uh, Melford at least from the way that the film is crafted it seems more like he wanted to try and make the best film that he possibly could regardless of the fact that he was doing it for a market that no one you know in the states was probably going to see it was going to Spanish markets only so why is there always just America is just about shooting it motherfucker (laughs) it's not always that but it seems like especially in the early days of monster films the people that were directing them with it with exception of a few people but a lot of the early people that were making monster films they didn't really feel like it, they felt like they was beneath them they didn't really respect the material and they didn't like what they were doing and that still happens to this day everybody tries to use horror as like a stepping stone but it happened even back this far with the universal monster movies and i don't think I'm not trying to talk bad about Todd Browning and I know he's made some incredible fucking movies but it's obvious in this version of Dracula that it like in his version there's a lot of stuff where it's like he's just getting it done yeah um, anyway uh, as we talked about the wine affects uh, uh, Renfield and as he tries to get some air he passes out and is surrounded by the women of the night and then Dracula enters the room causing the women to leave which version of the women of the night did you find more attractive the Spanish language version or the american english market version spanish lower cut dresses right yeah i just found all every woman in the spanish version was more attractive like all the lead ladies yeah that might be your proclivity for the latin ladies though shut up (laughs) (laughs) how dare you speak silly facts (laughs) (laughs) well there's that and also i think that there was i mean lupita tuvar is stunning the main actress stunning in the the spanish version of dracula yeah absolutely oh lord stunning we talked about it before where there's some actresses or even some actors or just people that you'll see on screen that are so unbelievably good looking that they almost just pop out of the screen and they transcend the film and it's almost like they're there in the room with you when you're looking at them you can't you're so transfixed and it's definitely her yeah yeah oh it's amazing (laughs) yeah anyway where were we again (laughs) 
I don't know. I'm actually starting to feel a bit faint, and I, I might have to unbutton my shirt like Renfield in Dracula's Castle now. Right? Woo! <laughs> Feels like I drank some of that very old wine. That very drugged wine. <laughs> oh, look! It was the first like a you know drugged drink in movies was right there. Yeah, Dracula totally fucking Bill Cosby's him. Yeah, first time ever. A lot of people said that's where Bill Cosby got the idea. Anyway. <laughs> that allegedly definitely happened. <laughs> it allegedly definitely happened. <laughs> that possibly, sort of, kind of, but m- most likely did happen. So anyway, um, uh, the uh, we then cut to we are now aboard uh, the vessel to England. Uh, there is quite a storm happening, and uh, Ren is acting very different. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting vampirized by three hot women will do that to you. Yes, it is. Uh, he is also mentally fuckwad insane. Oh, and- I don't know. I think he's liberated from having all of those ladies feasting on him. He seems like he's a lot happier now. <laughs> he's he's got a big grin, that's for sure. Well, he's been uh, he's been freed from the shackles and confining, you know, norms yeah. of society. He's he's been let off the chain to be who he wanted to be. Let's his master know that the sun has finally gone down. And so Dracula rises from his crypt. Uh, we see him kind of staring at the men fighting this this huge storm they're in. And then we cut. And we see kind of just a shadow of a man kind of gripping the boat wheel. And they're saying everyone on the boat is dead. And the captain was tied to the wheel. And he's dead. So that was bad. Uh, as they this search is, through, this is the first sequence that I can I can honestly say that I like the English language version better than the Spanish. Yeah, the Spanish version was a little weak on this. I think they were. It feels like they were playing some more humor into their version and tried to make it a little more silly. Whereas the English language version just gets right to it, makes it very quick and very gruesome. And yes. this may have been one of the days where Todd Browning's like, "Ooh, we're shooting on a ship. I'm more interested in this." Yeah, right. Oh, we we got something going here. Um, they find, uh, uh, Renfield, uh, in the bowels of the ship and he is looking crazy as a fucking shithouse and he is laughing maniacally. It's bad. Dwight so, uh, just plays crazy. Like nobody's fucking business. He's amazing. Yeah, he really is. It's really amazing. Um, so we see a newspaper article that, uh, you know, he has been, uh, committed, uh, to a sanitarium. So he's got that uh, going for him, which is nice. Um, you know, Hey, free room and board probably gets three meals a day. What's wrong with that? Yeah. They probably are, you know, trying to balance his humors by drilling holes in his head and cutting out pieces of his skull, but you know, he'll be fine. Dude, don't fuck with someone's high. You don't know what they've gone through. (laughs) You don't know where they've been. You don't know their life. You don't know what they got going on. (laughs) Um, and now in this movie, we see Dracula walking the streets and he, attacks and kills a flower girl the english language version yes Yes. because in the spanish version that does not happen no uh that's actually closer to the book dracula can move about in the daytime in the book he's just slightly weakened and isn't you know doesn't have all the powers that he normally would have and they kind of emulate that a little bit in this version and it's kind of the part that everybody forgets anyway that he's out walking about in the streets you know right after that and the flower even then it seems like it's dark anyway well yeah they don't they don't do the during the day part but that actually 
Dracula moves about during the day in the book is all I was getting about. And there are some parts where he doesn't just go and start going after like Mina and Lucy and all of that. It's more along the lines of people start turning up dead. Yeah. Then he goes after Lucy and he goes after Mina and that kind of stuff. From what I remember, it's been a very long time since I've read the book. I haven't read it since high school. It's fu- yeah. it's fucking boring. It's really hard to get through the Dracula novel. Well, Bram Stoker, man. He just goes on and on and on. Well, Fucker <laughs> loves his own voice. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Have you read it or are you just talking shit to talk shit? No, I, I've tried to read it. I, that's why I'm agreeing with you. It, yeah. It's fucking, it's hard to get through. Yeah. yeah it's, of course I tried to read it. I'm like, oh my God, this, you know, it's Dracula. It's a history. You, know, you got to read this, you know, if you're into horror at all, or especially, you know, classics like this. And it took for fucking ever. Well, it's the same. I mean, I love the classic monsters, but even Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, I have a hard time getting through that. Like, I can't really like it's a it's not exactly a you know a page turner. I'm sure in their time, like the the way that they were written was quite moving and kept your interest. But in this day I'm and age, sure. man, I need boobies every five pages, or I'm bored. Listen, man, if there's a blood squirting out of someone's headless corpse, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> or bodily fluids squirting onto somebody else. I'm not interested. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> What are, what, what are we, some sophisticados? <laughs> um, Drac decides to go, Dracula goes and takes in a show. And here uh, he, um, uh, he hypnotizes a worker to deliver a message to Dr. Seward, who is the owner of the sanitarium, that he has a phone call. And that after she delivers the message, she will forget all about it. So anyway, uh, I got to talk about Dracula dead and loving it because the parody that they do of that is fucking hilarious where he tells I, her to go do something and says, and you will forget everything I've just said. So yeah. she, she forgets everything and then he has to start all over again. <laughs> I, I, I've been so long since I've seen that, but oh God, when you just said it, now I remember it. Yeah. Uh, that's she opens, the, she, she opens, I love the part where she just opens the curtain. She forgot everything that he just said. So she's just fucking standing there and everybody's looking at her. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to waylay you that much, but that's the part. That's fine. I love it. I love it, dude. That's dude, the part I, that in each of the movies when I watch when I watch both of them in each of the movies when that happens and he hypnotizes her and sends her on her way. That that popped into my head both times. You want to watch that? Yeah, <laughs> loving it. Yeah, well, that, that was Lizzie Nielsen as Dracula, right? Yeah, yeah. Van Helsing. Uh, I think Van Helsing was Mel Brooks himself, wasn't it? Oh, so okay. Leslie Nielsen in a Mel Brooks movie is just fam fucking tastic. <laughs> a lot of people hate that movie, but I love it. I I actually really enjoy I it. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, I don't know why people hate it, but I like it. Seward introduces Dracula to his daughter Mina, her fiance John uh, Harker, and their friend Lucy. And I kind of skipped over this. Sorry. Uh, Dracula did all this so he could intercept Doctor Seward and introduce himself as a person who brought the property right next door to him. Yeah, there's easier ways to introduce yourself, like just popping your head into the booth, going, "Hey, I know you." <laughs> Once again, small aesthetic of the situation. Uh, in the Spanish version, the characters are sitting on opposite sides. Um, from where they're sitting in this version. Yeah. Anyway, why they changed that, or maybe it just made it easier might, for the blocking. It might not even cared. Might just been sit down and let's do this thing. Yeah. Why is it even such a big deal? Let's just get everybody in uh, there, you know? Just in something that's different, you know? Yeah. Um, Lucy is fascinated by Dracula. Um, it, they have a nice little meeting. Uh, Lucy gives this toast, and Dracula does a whole speech of things that are worse than death, and really just 
creeps out the entire fucking room and turns me on. Like, God damn, yeah, just have some fucking chill, will ya? Lucy starts talking like that. I'm like, go on, babe, go on. That's right, yeah. And then, and then Dracula starts talking to you. Hey, at least it gets Lucy going because she is totally infatuated by Dracula. Yeah, that whole now, thing that Lucy gets on that whole diatribe. I'm like, you, me, a bottle of wine, the cemetery, <laughs> some gravestones. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't think you drank wine. <laughs> I never drink a wine. Anyway. You just want me to do my bad Dracula impersonation the whole I, show. It's one of the best parts. <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So anyway, uh, she um, Dracula then goes to her house at night while she sleeps and drinks her blood, and which uh, goes ahead. The, um, the Which after a few blood transfusions, I believe four, they say she dies. And they were able to investigate the two holes on her neck. Oh, okay. Good. You said on her neck. Yeah. Yeah. On her neck. Yeah. <laughs> there are two holes. <laughs> Not the two holes I would have been investigating. Let me tell you. <laughs> Wait, she's dead, man. Come on. Well, while she was still warm. Oh, yes, of course. All for the course for you. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Renhart. <laughs> uh, uh, Renfield. Oh, Renhart. <laughs> is uh, now certifiably nuts and he is uh, screaming at an orderly who throws a spider away and then goes on about you know how he doesn't want to eat flies because flies are so small and insignificant. Why are you saying that he has completely crazy? Everything he has to say is perfectly rational to me. Well, that should tell you something, my friend. <laughs> about my own mental instabilities? Yes, yes. I think that 14-hour drive did something to you <laughs> well no it makes it makes it makes perfect sense from his perspective now yes. granted i play advocate for crazy all the time but let's let's just dig into this right he doesn't want to eat he doesn't want to eat the flies because the flies get eaten by the spiders so if he can eat a spider which eats the flies he then gains all the lives that the spider had eaten and then if he can get a bird that eats the spider then he'll have even more lives and then a kitten that eats the bird and so forth and so on i just feel like you know he's you're already pretty high up eat a cow man that shit works. Well, Maybe. the master won't allow him to have cows. He's only allowed to have small lives. He hasn't earned the right to have big lives yet. Oh, the master's a dick. Well, he's a bit controlling, yeah, but Renfield seems into that kind of lifestyle. Well, I don't think he was before. You know, he got molested and drugged. Well, most of us weren't into the lifestyle we're into now before we get molested and drugged. <laughs> we got problems. Um, anyway, uh, then uh, we meet, uh, we come out and we meet uh, Dr. Van Helsing, who uh, determines that we are dealing with a vampire. Uh, Van Helsing has a Dr. Seward meet, arrange a meeting with uh, uh, Reinfeld. <laughs> Uh, Renfield. God damn it. It's going <laughs> to bother me forever. Uh, Renfield is concerned that his moans and screaming may disturb Mina. Uh, they hear a wolf howl in the distance. And, uh, Van, uh, and Van Helsing speaks to a few things. And he tries to check Renfield's fingers. And this whole time, Renfield's acting very normal. And once Van Helsing tries to check his hands, that's when he pulls away and goes a little bit more nuts. Uh, they hear a wolf howl. And then, uh, and that disturbs Renfield because he's, you know, thinking. Uh, and then Van Helsing brings out Wolfbane, which really disturbs Renfield enough to say that he is 
too smart to live. That's definitely more prominent in the Spanish version than in the English version with the Wolfsbane. They really ride the Wolfsbane in the Spanish version. And I was just going to get the Spanish version. This is very different. When Renfield walks in, he actually goes on about his like history. You know, oh, I graduated from this class, all that, until he sees a flock and he starts tracking it and he tries to catch it. And uh, then, you know, uh, like uh, Van Helsing's looking at him really disturbed. And so he lets it go because he's like, oh, it's a lesser creature, you know. Uh, and then he goes into about his moaning, bothering Ava. Uh, so, yeah, a, a few things different, like what they talk about, I suppose. Yeah, I think they uh, I think they have kind of a, a different way of trying to tell the story, but the way that they're setting it up is Renfield wasn't always, at least in the Spanish version, they're truly, really trying to establish that Renfield wasn't always this, like, yammering madman that is wolfing down spiders and yeah. reacting to wolf house. Well, he has that moment of clarity where he's talking, and yeah, I, I'm having to read subtitles, but even the voice, the actor uses a different voice where he just talks a little bit more even keeled and like, oh, and just kind of like talking about himself until he sees the fly and then he goes crazy again. It reminds me of that moment in Beetlejuice when he starts talking about his qualifications before he goes off about seeing <laughs> yeah. The Exorcist 166 <laughs> times and he keeps getting yeah. funnier every time he sees it. Well, I uh, studied at Juilliard and <laughs> right because it's it's very different and it's very well reserved and very like like very eloquent spoken and then all of a sudden the wolfsbane pops out in the spanish version and he just goes right back into the i've seen the exorcist 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time i see it <laughs> so the fact that you're talking to a dead guy so what do you think Am I qualified? <laughs> you know, like it, it really kind of, it has those two extremes. I don't think anything else will really establish that as well as just running it up that quote that people would know, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, now here where things start to really change up between the two movies. I'm going to stick with the American version. But um, at this point, uh, uh, Renfield is back in his, uh, I guess, room. Uh, and he, you could tell he's being given orders from a Dracula that's down on the, uh, you know, in the yard there. Uh, and they do the creepy eye thing with Dracula. And he's getting orders telepathically that he does not like, begging him not, not to make him do this, not to make him do this. Where in the Spanish version, they jump right to Lucy discussing her dream with Juan or Lucy. Oh my God. Mia. Uh, Ava. Sorry. God damn. The Mina me. character in the Spanish language version. Yes. Ava, Ava yeah. talking to Juan about her dreams and everything where you don't get there yet in the American version. Uh, you know, and even that, the whole scene where they do like, she talks about her neck or, you know, her dreams, Van Helsing checks her neck wounds. Dracula comes in. None of this happens in the American version for a little bit because uh, in the American version, after this, we see Drac actually visit Mina and, you know, attack her. And then. Oh, that's one of the uh, things that I wanted to bring up. I don't know. If, I don't know which which exact moment it happens, but one of the moments where Dracula is attacking Mina in her room, there is a uh, sort of an anachronistic lamp that's like an electric lamp that you would see in the 30s in the room. And it has a piece of cardboard taped to it to adjust the lighting in the room <laughs> you can see it in the 
Oh wow! I did not see that. It's very prominent in the frame. I was, oh, is that, I wasn't even paying attention to that. It was paying attention to like, the story. Yeah, well, there's. <laughs> it's like Dracula goes creeping by, and all of a sudden you're like, lamp with cardboard. What lamp. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that's my main thing. Where I'm like, it's clearly that it's pretty clear to me that Todd Browning was like, let's just shoot this fucker because why else would you just leave that there? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And just yeah. it's pretty obvious and it's pretty easy to see once you're you know it's there. But the one time that I noticed it, I can't not see that now, and it bugs me to this day. <laughs> um, so anyway, then the next day, Mina goes into describing her dream in the American version, something that, that you know, if you wind them up, has already happened in the Spanish version. Uh, Mina describes her dream and how she felt very drained. Um, Van Helsing is checking on her and finds the marks on her neck. Um, then Dracula comes to visit. Uh, he has a face-to-face meeting with Van Helsing, who you know, he, he says, even in my you know country, you're yeah, the name Van Helsing is a smart man, you know, and all that. And when everyone's kind of talking, Van Helsing notices, I believe, in a cigarette holder, isn't it? It's a cigarette case, I believe, or like a small mirror, like a handheld mirror in the yeah. English language version. And then it's like a yeah. box of cigarettes, like a big cigarette case. That's yeah, very a box in, in, in the Spanish uh, yeah. version. Yeah. And Van Helsing yeah. checks the, uh, and he sees that there is no uh, reflection. That there, there is no reflection in the mirror. And, you know, he starts to really notice these things. Um, uh, at this point, um, they convince uh, they convince Mina to go to bed and to uh, you know get some rest. I think one of the reasons that the English language version focuses more on the stuff going on between Renfield and Dracula is because that is the two strongest actors in the English language version. Bella Lugosi was born to play a character like Dracula. He just oozes that kind of dangerous sexual beast tension kind of thing, and Dwight Fry was born to play a subjugated uh, madman that is being controlled by something like that. The scenes with the two of them together are what make Dracula the film that everybody remembers for the English language version. And they said it in the documentary clip that I played at the beginning of the show, uh, but the guy who plays Dracula in the Spanish language version was not a very strong actor. Um, He doesn't have that same kind of drive or that same kind of dangerous element feel to him. And the same thing with that Renfield. Now the Renfield in the Spanish language version does play a pretty service madman but he doesn't have that kind of gravity where you feel like at any moment he could do something horrible to somebody whereas Dwight Fry's in the room and you're like why is he not in a straitjacket the entire time when he's talking to these people yeah exactly oh big time um, anyway, Van Helsing asked Dracula if you would like to see something. He said yes, and he shows him the mirror, and Dracula freaks out on him. Paperclip, uh, yeah, big time paperclip. But even more so in the Spanish version, where he actually knocks the box out of his hand. You know, much more virile response there. I think he thought he was being offered marijuanas in the Spanish language version, which is why he yeah, was of course. so adamant about yeah, no. Because, you know, even one marijuana will lead you to like a, a, a second marijuana, which <laughs> might lead you to a third marijuana, which after that third marijuana would probably lead you to some pizza or something else, you know. And then before long, you're committing acts of carpentry. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's just terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's awful. In four marijuanas or it's, less, it's, you could become a Democrat. Oh, my God. If you have a five marijuana, you might build a porch set. You don't know. You don't know what you're doing. You could possibly move to the country 
and create an organic farm. If you have up to 10 marijuanas at some point in your life, you might be nice to your fellow man and enjoy, you know, uh, just nice, quiet times in your life. You might enjoy that. Do you really want that for yourself? Jesus. You would start listening to far too much Pink Floyd and start appreciating things like jam bands that you really shouldn't. However, if you go up to 12 marijuanas, you might talk about things you see on the $20 bill. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. So uh, we see uh, Drac freaks out and then we see a wolf running in the yard. Uh, Mina uh, gets out of bed and someone actually goes out to meet with Dracula and he attacks her out in the yard. Now, once again, the Spanish version kind of all this happened sooner in the Spanish version. I mean, pretty much just take out, uh, good Lord, uh, just uh, take out Ryan. Take out Ren uh, actually getting orders in the in his bedroom because that just doesn't happen, and then just go right with her, you know, talking. It's almost like just a scene that was that they just didn't even bother with. Um, well, also, I think in the Spanish language version, to kind of contrast it from what I said, I believe that uh, Lopita too far. Tavar, I may be mispronouncing that. Lapita Tavar, the actress, actually is probably the best actor in that film. I think she kind of carries that film. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because in these scenes where she's wearing her nightdress, you can clearly see her nipples through the, the diaphanous gown. And at one no, point, we are not saying that at all. Yeah. And and at one point they're quite hard, so you can totally tell that you can see her nipples through that. And her neckline is plunged down below her navel. You could practically see whether or not she trimmed up. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh. Mm. but when you have when, when when you have that you gotta fucking flaunt it in your version so i think that's why she's featured far more prominently in the spanish language version i, I would agree ren uh, field uh, comes in and begs them to take her away uh it, like you know get her away now in the spanish version there's a ton more to this scene because in the american version renfield just comes in he begs her to take her take her away uh, and then we have a bat that flies around and Renfield flips out and he goes, you know, I would never have, you know, and he goes, I've never heard of Dracula. I don't know who you're talking about. You know, he flips the script on it. So because he's worried about that it, 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 Spanish versions, there's a lot more to it. Um, but, uh, you know, he says a lot. More. I, I think in the Spanish version, we have more of that sort of I don't I don't know how to phrase this, but I think in a lot of Latin art, at least for movies, TV shows and stuff like that, they're heavy on the melodrama, Particularly, yeah. Particularly, some films in Spain and in Mexico, they love melodrama in, in that world. You you can see it in everything <laughs> that that comes from yeah. Spanish language stuff. So I think what they're trying to do is play it up for the audience. And what better yeah. amount of melodrama can you get than having your Renfield be lamentful and just basically being full confessional in front of everything until he's confronted by Dracula? Whereas the English language version, they're like, "We're running out of time. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go." Dwight, just wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the maid runs in after finding Mina and the sight of Renfield and she passes out and then he starts doing this really weird crawl to her. Dwight Fry owns that scene because when he starts crawling towards her, no matter how many times I've seen this, I'm dreading when he finally gets to her. (laughs) I know that creeped me out a lot, like a whole hell of a lot. And I watched that with the lights off. So (laughs) that's on me. I'm I'm Uh, glad that the film still has that effect on you considering that it's nearly a hundred years old. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, It's just his face. What he does 
grins with his face is just horrific. <laughs> yeah, the way that he he grins, that devil grin that Dwight Fry is capable of is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then a woman in white is reported to be attacking children in the park. Uh, Mina talks about seeing Lucy and that she is the woman in white. She pretty much confirms it to Van Helsing. So Lucy is up and about. And, you know, uh, biting children, which that ain't cool. Well, she's allowed small lives, but because she's a Dracula's bride, she's given children. Yeah. Uh, Don wants to take Mina to London uh, or to somewhere else. Um, Anywhere else I, I besides where Dracula is. Yeah, he, but I think he keeps saying London. So I don't think they're in London proper right now. I think they're kind of maybe someplace else. Uh, Van Helsing makes sure and he talks him out of it saying she needs to stay here. We're trying to save her life. He makes sure the nurse puts a whole thing of Wolfbane on Mina's neck to try to help, you know, keep Drac away. And the Wolfsbane in the Spanish movie is like a huge wreath of it. It looked like a marijuana. Yeah. How do you know what a marijuana looks like? Uh huh. Caught you. <laughs> I've seen the reefer madness. I know what you potheads do. <laughs> Uh, Van Helsing told them uh, uh, about Dracula having to sleep in his own dirt. So that's probably what. <laughs> I love how you phrased that. He has to sleep it's in so his own dirt. dirt. <laughs> He's got to sleep in his own dirt, dude. I, I don't understand. <laughs> that's the one thing I've never really fully understood is the vampire sleeping in the soil of their native land. Because like, yeah. like we we kind of joked about it at the beginning, but like how how do you determine what your native land is? Does it have yeah. does it have to be from like the plot where you were first buried, or does it have to be from the like your house land? Like, what if you took some dirt from your neighbors? What? You know. What, what, was that all right? Is it where you're born? Because what if you're born in one area of your native land, but you move to another area where you die? So does it yeah. where you're born or where you die that you have to be in that like, native soil? For me, does it have to be Wisconsin dirt? Or does it have to be Omaha dirt? Like for me, does it exactly. have to be like central and western PA dirt? <laughs> Yeah, could you take could you take like Pennsylvania dirt and use that? Yeah, or is it just soil that, soil that comes from America <laughs> in general? Many, many many listeners are probably thinking, "Will you guys just shut the fuck up and move on already?" <laughs> well, not until we fully soiled out this situation. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep digging at this until we figure it out. <laughs> I don't know, man. This seems like an open and shut case. Uh, no, you really uh, shoveled that one in. Uh, I'm sorry. Get it? Let's just bury it. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus. Put it on a tombstone. All right. Uh, then Van Helsing talks about how to murder Dracula, which is pretty much uh, stabbing a wooden stake into his heart. I'm pretty sure that works on any living thing. I know, right? It's like, yeah, no, Doc, I'm pretty sure you do that to anyone. They're dead. <laughs> you drive a wooden stake through any living thing's heart, I'm pretty sure you're going to kill it, Doc. But we'll, we'll go with you on this, that that's the yeah, only yeah. way to kill Dracula. I'm with you. It's all right. Um, Renfield is back and still crazy. And uh, he says promises were made by Dracula, you know, to grant him lives. Uh, during his rant, Dracula shows up and confronts uh, Van Helsing. That is our last clip. Van Helsing, now that you have learned what you have learned, it would be well for you to return to your own country. I prefer to remain and protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. 
My blood now flows through her veins. She will live through the centuries to come, as I have lived. Should you escape us, Dracula, we know how to save Miss Mina's soul, if not her life. If she dies by day, but I shall see that she dies by night. And I will have Carfax Abbey torn down stone by stone, excavated a mile around. I will find your earth box and drive that stake through your heart. Come here. Come here. Your will is strong than Helsing. More wolfbane. More effective than wolfbane, Count. Indeed. Okay. Ah, Van Helsing's the man. It's important to point out, too, that Edward Van Sloden, I think is his name. Is that that? Uh, uh, hang on a second. Let me double check that so I can get that back out, and this will become an outtake where I fucked it up. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I had it. Edward, Edward Van, Van Sloan. Sloan. Yeah. Sloan. It's important to note that Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing certainly takes over the film whenever he shows up as well. He makes a perfect yeah. Van Helsing. I was about to say that when you were like, you know, uh, you know, Van Helsing or uh, you know Bella Lugosi and uh, Dwight Fry, uh, Dwight Fry, kind of take it. I'm like, oh man, but the guy who played Van Helsing really kind of owned every scene he was in too. All right, so uh, Mina is starting to look better and act better, and she's up and she's going and she's talking to John. Um, in the Spanish version, her dresses are even more low cut. Thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Mina speaks to how she's uh, she loves the nights now and fog. And, uh, uh, you know, a, a bat flies above them. She's, she's sque- and it squeaks to Mina and Mina kept going on to John about she, you know, get to get Van Helsing out of here. You got to take the crucifix away from him and the wolf's bane, you know, talking about how she, he has, she has to take everything away. And then she tries to attack John, but Van Helsing and Dr. Seward are able to help him. And then Mina confesses that uh, Dracula actually made her drink his blood as well, which in turn, well, that's bad. Well, it's certainly it's bad not sanitary. Thing. Oh, I mean, Jesus. Talk I mean, about that your sounds blood- like something you want to do. <laughs> well, let's talk about your bloodborne pathogens and not getting any joy out of, you know, how you're getting them. <laughs> I mean, this was before stuff, so if you're going to do it, you should do it back then. <laughs> Less stuff to worry about. Yeah, but they didn't have treatment for, like, syphilis and gonorrhea as well back then either, so either way, you're fucked. Drac looks clean. Drac looks clean. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps in his own soil. How does he look? clean <laughs> i don't know he showers a lot he would have to yeah right no kidding jesus uh all right so uh dracula uh, uh hypnotizes the nurse briggs to remove the wolf's bang from uh, uh from mina's neck and or from the room actually i, I would say and that allows him to come in uh drac Takes, uh, Dracula takes Mina to his new crypt, uh, and uh, Renfield follows. And because Renfield is following him, Van Helsing and uh, John Harker are able to uh, follow uh, Rensfield. They put a GPS on Renfield. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah. Uh, while they're all kind of running through, heading down to the new crypt, uh, you know, I think Dracula notices that he's being followed, not just by Renfield, but by, you know, Van Helsing. 
And uh, Renfield's, you know, starts begging. He's like, no, I didn't lead him here. I didn't lead him here. Please don't kill me. I have all these lives on my hands, or my soul. You know, please don't kill me. Please don't. And all that falls on deaf ears and Dracula kills him. Well, you betray Dracula, he, you're going to die. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't need to betray Dracula. He just was following his master. Um, anyway, Dracula gets down to the crypt, but because it becomes daytime, he has to sleep. So he goes into his crypt for to, to go to sleep. Uh, Dracula, or uh, Van Helsing finds his crypt and uh, proceeds to grab a stick and a stone and hammers into his heart. In the um, uh, Spanish version, it's a much louder death. Once again, much more oomph, you know? Well, it was a lot green. You watched the older version DVD that I had, and they actually muted out some of Bella Lugosi's screams in that. Uh, that's since been restored, and it's about the same. That's the one difference. Oh, it's about the oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Th- that happened right. when they re-released it in the 30s, because this is a pre-code film. That's before the uh, before films were heavily censored in the late 30s and everything. And when it was re-released in, like I think it was 36 or something like that, that was one of the things that the code censors wanted taken down, was the screams of pain as Dracula is being destroyed by being staked. Yeah. Um, anyway, after Dracula is killed, uh, Mina returns back to normal and she is saved. End of movie. Now, it wasn't actually a stone either in Dracula 31, the English language version. It was the same metal bar. It just isn't as displayed as properly as it was in the shot from the uh, uh, Spanish language Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I did notice that today. Oh, okay. I always thought it was a stone too, but it's not. It's actually the Yeah, same I thought it was bar. a stone. No, it's the same oh, okay. bar in both films. <laughs> ah, I didn't notice that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the film, so we're going to roll credits. All right, so we kind of talked about it sort of uh, as a little aside, and I think this is kind of the best way to go about it. Instead of talking about, I mean, both films are heavily iconic in this day and age, and obviously you can't really get away from Bela Lugosi's Dracula. That's the thing that everybody goes to. And instead of fully comparing and contrasting them to where we say which one we feel is better, there's certain aspects of each film that are better than the other. And I thought, what would make the ultimate version of Dracula? That's how we're going to kind of close this out. You know what? What would we like to do to see what would be the best version of Dracula? And Uh my first suggestion, right? Take George Melford off of the Spanish language version and make him the director and take Todd Browning off of the Dracula version, but keep most of the same cast. Yeah. All right. We're going to definitely keep uh, Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing. We're going to definitely keep Dwight Fry as Renfield or Ryan. We're going to keep Bela Lugosi. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you keep Bela Lugosi as Count Dracula. Now, we're getting rid of Helen Chandler as Mina Seward. Yes. And we're bringing in Lupita Tavar. And we're putting her in those low-cut dresses that reveal uh-huh. the nipples because uh-huh. this is our little fantasy. And yes. it doesn't matter if she can speak English well or not in the film. She's going to be Armina in the film. Uh, I don't. I uh, yeah, I don't care. What? <laughs> what am what, 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 what I going to do? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to keep a lot of the same kind of stuff that we felt worked in the cemetery versions, but we're going to keep those camera moves that the Spanish language version did a little bit more. Those optical prints whenever Dracula comes up out of the casket, we're going to put Put that in with Bella Lugosi. Yeah, um, I would even say let's go ahead and bring over the Silent Brides from the Spanish language version and bring them in as Dracula's brides. Of course, of course. <laughs> Once again, with yeah. you and that love of Latin ladies. Sorry, <laughs> nothing. Worth not apo- sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Nothing, nothing, but nothing to apologize about that. But I think if we do those things where we get the stronger actress for Mina and that we had in the other film, and then we keep the stronger actors that we had in the English language version. 
version. And we've put the film together with the stronger director, with the better ideas that were put together, and obviously not leaving a lamp with a piece of cardboard taped to it in the scene. True. <laughs> um, I think if we do all of that, I think we could have made like the ultimate version of Dracula where you hybrid the two together. And I just, yes. I want to see what that film would look like. I think that would be kind of interesting. That would be nice. <laughs> but unfortunately, we, we can't do that. Well, no, 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 not, not until you finish that time machine. <laughs> oh, no, I have the time machine done. It's just we have to keep battling with the alternate versions of ourselves. You know, the alternate versions of ourselves are real dick munch. <laughs> Weird enough, they think the same thing about us. Oh, oh, fuck them. How dare they? I'm a gentleman. <laughs> now, which version of the film am I going to prefer? Because of Bella Lugosi, because of Dwight Fry, and because of Edward Van Sloan, it's always going to be the English language version. I agree. Same here. But the better shot, the better better directed and the better produced film with a lot more interesting ideas got to be the Spanish language version. That's why I want to see a hybrid of the two. I agree with that as well. So this is your first film in like the 1930s. Well, I guess if we count the, uh, the anthology we did a little while back, um, that old black and white film, but this is probably the oldest film that you've done so far on the show. I think so. Yeah. And you had a special challenge. I like the way you took on the challenge. I was going to have you just do sort of a question answer and we were going to talk about how things were a little bit different and compare it, but You actually found a way to cover both films at the same time and pretty much do them scene by scene and still get some clips in and everything. So, fuck, dude, this is an A+. This was a great review you did. Thank you. All right. (laughs) No, I'm really impressed. Like, you actually took the time to compare and contrast the two different versions and see what was different. At one point, I would watch scene to scene so i had both movies up on two separate monitors and watched like see like scene to scene where one scene would obviously end and then i'd go to the next movie and watch that scene (laughs) see and that was i totally didn't intend for you to do anything anywhere near that hard work you actually you actually went above and beyond so i can't give you any more than an a plus but that's a total (laughs) a plus review that's amazing that you did that thank you thank you (laughs) All right, so we do have a little bit of the feedback that we've got to handle here, so why don't we take another break here, unless there's something else you want to get on about the film or talk about? Oh, man, great films, great fun. It was, you know, it was nerve-wracking work to do because I didn't really kind of understand what I was supposed to do. Uh, but I'm still, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I hope, uh, everyone else likes it. It was, it's one of those, when you're doing something like this for the first time doing the notes, I, I'm kind of nerve wracked because I don't know what anybody's expecting. So I'm kind of glad to have it now like this. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, and there's that. And also you're, you're also admiration and general lust for Lupita Tavar that I also share with you. I I couldn't help but not give you an A plus there. I mean, uh, uh, come on, man. Come on. (laughs) While Matt and I, let's just say, meditate on Lupita Tavar's beauty, we're going to take a little break. We're going to play a promo from another podcast. We'll have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will have some of our belated two-year feedback. Plug it in, Joe. We'll see what happens. They come from the bowels of box office oblivion. Well, it's big and terrible. A race of films unknown and unappreciated by all but the most warped and abnormal film geeks. It's not natural. And now, one man with an overgrown video collection and no social life brings back these forgotten classics. Come to me, Golan. 
sometimes to his delight and sometimes to his regret. Uh, are you out of your stupid run and go, you dumb man? Can your mind handle the bizarre offerings of abnormal state theater? Now you are going to get it. Oh, you are going to get it. Presented monthly by Clockwork Cardiac Productions. When we return to our planet, the High Court may well sentence you to torture. Flavored, non-carbonated, polyunsaturated blood. <laughs> I love that song. Sponsored by Nestle. <laughs> Manufactured by Nestle. Yeah. Manufactured by Nestle. Yeah. That's Forty Five Grave is the name of the band, and this is probably one of their more silly and fun offerings. I really dig that song. So. That's nice. Yeah. But it doesn't matter what I dig or what I don't dig, because you know what does matter, Matt. What's that? Time for incoming mail. We've got. Two messages. The first one is a written voicemail, also known as email. It's my kind of favorite voicemails. It's the one that's are written. <laughs> I'm going to keep riding that fuck up and just go for it and not care, dude. Might as well. Okay, this is coming from our boy Kit Power from overseas of the RoboCop with Kid Power commentary. Uh, looks like he wants me to play a whole shitload of samples tonight just by looking over it before I read it. So it's nice. uh, it's entitled Happy Two-Year Anniversary Thing. So And he gave, this, right. he gave this to us on August 2nd, so we had already recorded that by then, so that's why we didn't get it until now, because we haven't actually been able to do a, a show proper that we haven't been able to plan out for quite a few weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just kind of stuff that's fallen into our lap, so... All right, well, here's the email. Hey, so I figured I'd write so that court has to read my message out loud and I don't have to record and edit a voicemail. Thanks, Kit. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a fuck you to, to you right there. Well, the next sentence sums it up. He says, that's just the kind of guy I am. <laughs> <laughs> it really is and he writes anyhow from one garbage person podcaster to another thanks a fucking bunch for showing up most of the rest of us with your superior editing frequency and repartee you magnificent bastards fuck yeah thank you that's kind of a backhanded compliment where he's like you make yeah. us all look bad with how good you are <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess I don't, backhanded compliment but we are still garbage people and he's not wrong we absolutely are yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. oh yeah here's here's where it is okay ready you are the yes. true dream warriors he wrote that in there <laughs> oh my god dream warriors. since you sang it i'm not gonna do the clip uh, I, don't, I don't have it anywhere near me anyway so it doesn't i think okay. I, del I think that one i actually deleted All right, well then, sing it. and then he wrote and i hope you keep on space trucking 
through another two years after that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes after, for another two years, and then in, in parentheses he writes, "After that, I don't give a fuck." But another two years is good. Actually, why do people say that? Here's to the next X years. Why, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Drop dead after that? Why do we always assume people are halfway through some marathon fucking thing? Conventions, they're weird. Anyway, I guess it's a thing. It's a thing. Thanks, Davey writes. So <laughs> I gotta pull that one up too. It's a thing. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Steer clear of the marijuanas. Keep on providing a much needed entertainment soundtrack to all my manual tasks manual tasks i think like when he's like mowing maybe like the lawn or working on something around the house also when he's doing odd work with his hands yeah like hand jobs yes. he listens to us while he's doing hand jobs he listens to us while he's giving out happy endings yes i think that's <laughs> what's going on <laughs> kit you know we love you we're just fucking around uh seriously guys love your work enjoy the milestone it's one hell of achievement thank you so much for that kit we really appreciate it and <laughs> by making us play clips it seems like everybody wants to be able to do these callbacks to all these clips now so uh, well yeah it's, it's a thing it's a thing apparently i'm going to be a performing monkey for it's everybody a thing. and just hit it every time somebody says it it is a thing thank you dave it's thank a you. thing <laughs> thank you david <laughs> all right um well we kind of played around at it and we kind of hinted at it and i just pretty much gave away who it was but our our buddy Ryan, who got trapped in a car to do a podcast with us, actually did send us a happy two-year message. in a hot car. Yeah. He <laughs> just did go to the show with us. I think he is the first person to send in a happy two-year message to us, and I totally fucking blew it, and I totally forgot that I had it from him, and then he reminded me after the show came out. So I'm going to go ahead and play that message right now. Hi, Court and Matt. This is Ryan with Abnormal State Theater. As per freaking usual, it's too noisy in my house, so I'm out in my vehicle recording this. It's not too hot out today, thankfully, so I'm not suffering a whole lot. I just wanted to congratulate you guys on two years of Cinema PsyOps. Can you believe it? It's been amazing listening to the show develop, you know, bringing out, you know, your different variants, the pre-pocalypse prep, the remedial horror, of course, the bring-your-own-cinematic trauma, some of the other variants of the show that you guys have done. It's uh, always been enjoyable. You guys have always made me laugh, and you guys have always made me think, and have more than once sent me um, scampering off to eBay or Amazon to pick up a copy of the movie that you reviewed. If you guys could get a kickback for that, I'm sure you'd be making some money off of me and some of your other listeners. But you guys are a blast to listen to. You guys are a blast to record with. And all I can say is keep up the good work. You're, you've got two years under your belt. That's more than a lot of podcasts. I mean, I've been recording podcasts for roughly two years myself, and I've only done nine proper episodes. You guys have done over a hundred now, and as far as I'm concerned, you guys set the standard for consistency in your podcasts. So, again, keep up the good work. Hope to listen to you for a long time to come. Hope to record with you guys again at some point. And, um... That's about it. See you guys later. Bye. Wow. Thank you for that. That was amazing, wasn't it? 
Yeah, man. Thank you. Holy the, cow. The production this guy's coming up with, right? Yeah, look at this guy in this, this car this, doing shit. This fucking guy over here recording shit in his car and adding music later and making it sound this, awesome. This fucking guy adding all the music to his shit. Listen to him. Listen to him. Look at this guy. One of the things that he mentioned uh, about the consistency of the show, how we're doing it every week, you know, we're always going to make sure we have something out. Uh, the, yeah. The place that I learned that from is Bill and Chris and Outside the Cinema. It's primarily Bill because Bill by Force is just a bit as obsessive, every bit as obsessive about it as I am about getting the shows out. And he's done that for over 500 episodes now. They have done 500 weeks where there is always something in the feed every oh, week. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. We've done, incredible. A, we've only done like 107, 108 so far. That's nowhere near. I mean, he's got like five times the amount that we've done and he has not missed a week yet. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely something that I look forward to trying to do if we don't kill each other. <laughs> yeah, right. But I would just end. <laughs> but I would say, um, you know, now we're kind of talking about the two year thing. I would say, if anything, this podcast has strengthened our friendship. It, it, it's re- I think so. It's re- renewed our bromance with each other a little bit. Yes, of course. <laughs> we get along better now than we ever have because. Of this now I, don't, I no longer hate fuck you in the ass. <laughs> it's a loving fuck you in the ass. <laughs> Coincidentally, I only hate fuck you in the ass. <laughs> well, that's the only thing you're capable of, but it's all right. <laughs> that's not true. I'm capable of good, kind, tender loving when I care about tender, the person. Tender, tender loving. Yeah, I, I give very <laughs> glorious tender loving. I'm a very generous and giving lover <laughs> when I care about you. <laughs> <laughs> just tender lover. Oh, it just makes you laugh. <laughs> it's not all socking them in the jaw and screaming, Pop goes the weasel while I jam my fist inside. That's, it's not always like that. It's just that way with you. But that's what I do to you, too. But that's what you consider to be tender loving to you. Wait, that's not tender and loving? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to you want to try and do some news tonight or are we just going to skip it and let's just close let's it out yeah we're, skip we're, night. we're close to two hours anyway so let's take a little break here we'll play one last promo for another podcast we'll have a little bit of music and then we will close out this remedial horror show are you sick of the same old stale podcast well then join Vanessa and David as they dissect movies of all kinds The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes, and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be contagious. Get information
Oh, caught me jamming out to a little bit of Bella Lugosi's Dead there. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, you can find us still on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops, where we may or may not be kicking ass on the main feed. I haven't seen what our regular show numbers look like on just our own personal feed, but uh, we're doing pretty damn good on the main feed. I think the garbage people are definitely going to be here to stay. Feels good, man. Feels real good. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Check out our group, Cinema Psyops, the alternative photography is getting off the chain we just had somebody post in a bunch of photos of paul nashi's werewolf over top of john belushi in various john belushi comedy films and it is fucking amazing oh my god <laughs> I, i'm telling you these people you're fucking you're all all our fans are one lab accident away from being super villains and i fucking love it <laughs> or at least the minions of a super villain am i wrong <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well you can find me on facebook i'm court psyops you can find matt on facebook he is matt psyop you can find him by looking for the plank that says brutal with that name you can email feedback to matt psyopmatt at gmail.com tell him what an amazing job he did with his compare and contrast review and and how far he went above and beyond for it. Yes, please talk to me. <laughs> he needs constant external validation for any of his <laughs> self-worth. Help me, love me, love me! You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Tell him it's time to let Matt do all of the reviews and he can take it over. No, that's that's all right. <laughs> that's too much work for Matt. He doesn't want to do it. It's, that's, that's too much responsibility. I just... <laughs> <laughs> you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your shots of Lopita Tovar in her plunge mm. top with nipple see-through covers. That's the best idea you've ever had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop. Matt is at psyop Matt. I'd like to thank everybody once again for downloading and listening to the show. We're here because you guys do it. We want you to know that we love you every bit as much as you love us. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. I forgot I forgot to give you a time on one of the other clips. Oh, okay. Do you remember what it was? Oh, fuck it. It's him when you first see Dracula and he talks about children of the night, all that. I just thought it was such an iconic uh, uh, little lines that he had there that uh, I was going to include it. I have the video right here, so give me like right. a couple seconds while you're doing your next notes and I'll try and pull that up for you. All right, and I'll tell you right now, the times are 10.06 to 11.05. Okay.
I do not suppose we have that clip. I do, actually. Awesome. <laughs> so well, if, you then wanna, that, if you want to intro it, yeah, go ahead. And with Dracula at the top of the stairs, this leads us to our next clip. When does this stop? 11, you said? 11.05. Okay. Um, uh, hold on. I just got lost. Okay. Van Helsing. Yeah, okay. Um, then Van Helsing Wolf. Uh, uh, Wolfsbane. And which really disturbs Renfield. You might enough to say about the wolf vein because you kind of stumbled. So start over again from there. And then, um, sorry, I just got totally flustered in my notes. In the Spanish version, her dresses are even more low cut. Thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, let me here. God damn it, you had to talk about low-cut dresses. Now it's... <laughs> Lupita Tovar's low-cut dresses just destroys you every time. Every time. Every goddamn time. I'm right. not sitting here um, looking at photos of it at all. You son of a bitch. Because <laughs> I'm not either. Um, <laughs> where, would, where would one even find such photos? <laughs> Google search what, what Lupita, Lupita Tovar. <laughs> image search for her. <laughs> and you're good. Oh, man. Just hear how this is gonna go. It's my first time doing a comparative notes, so oh. <laughs> this I'm, could be a hot mess. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see how it turns out in the editing.